welcome to the Sullivan County Democrat Podcast, brought to you by the Kitchen Table Cafe in Calicoon, New York. Check out their website and Facebook and Instagram to see what fresh in-house baked goods they're whipping up. I'm Managing Editor Joe Abraham, and here are some of this week's top stories. Long lines stretching out the door, as well as equipment shortages and malfunctions, were some of the concerns raised by members of the public since Election Day. Issues they'd like to see remedied before the next time voters head to the polls. The county's voting system was not working last week in Mamacating, Mary Allison Farley, a Mamacating resident who worked the polls, said, explaining the line of voters that were outside the Mamacating Town Hall when she arrived for her shift at 11.30 a.m. Within about an hour, one printer of the two used by poll workers was down, she said. Shortly after, the other printer went down. Farley said the Board of Elections staff came several times to that polling place and that she appreciated their efforts as well as the professionalism of poll workers. I know friends of mine, my family know people, who wanted to vote who didn't, she added. They drove by twice at different times, thinking maybe the line will be better. I'm not here to point fingers. I'm here to say let's fix this problem and get back to delivering election services in the great way the county has always done. Farley asked the County Board of Elections to produce an analysis of what went wrong and then tell the public how they were going to fix it so it doesn't happen again. Jeffersonville resident Barbara Van Benscoten was a poll inspector in Youngsville on Election Day and told legislators that the Board of Elections needed their budgetary support and said they too had issues with equipment. She highlighted three issues she hoped the legislature would address, which included the BOE having more people in the field handling technical issues, backup issues in place if equipment malfunctions, as well as having enough supplies so they don't have to call for more toner and paper. And finally, reviewing how many check-in stations there are for each polling site, citing the difficulty of having one station for two districts. At last week's Town of Calicoon meeting, Supervisor Tom Bowes also mentioned, quote, excessive lines on Election Day and the need for more equipment. I think it was Kings County. 1,300 polling places reported by 9.30 p.m., said Bowes. I was on the Sullivan County BOE site at 10.30 to 11, and we hadn't reported yet. Bose thanked those who worked the polls for making the experience the best it could be given the circumstances and added that he had spoken with other supervisors who agreed the issues on Election Day needed to be corrected. The Democrat reached out to the Sullivan County Board of Elections regarding the public's concerns but did not hear back by press time. Majority Leader Alan Sorensen said, A system with thousands of printers is one with thousands of potential points of failure. This year, ballots were individually printed for each voter. I think we should just go back to printed ballots, said Sorensen, and if there are any left over, they can be recycled. I also think from an environmental standpoint, operating thousands of printers and replacing thousands of ink cartridges is far more detrimental to the environment than sending them to the printer. District 2 legislator Nadia Rice, whose daughter is one of the county's two BOE commissioners, added that if anyone is interested in working the polls, they should please step forward. One of the biggest issues was not having enough resources and personnel, she said. You can have a lot of these iPads and printers, but if you don't have people operating them, it's not going to do anything. We can criticize all we want, but unless people step up, start helping and working, that's where the fix is going to be. District 4 legislator Nick Salamone noted that the legislature has had conversations with the BOE, and one idea discussed was possibly canvassing county employees to see if they'd be interested in working with the polls. Later on, Reich concurred with comments that the county has to invest in more resources for the BOE, she also pointed that there was, quote, ample opportunity for people to vote, including the nine days they could do so early. 
Minority leader Iris Steingart added that while the current legislature is at odds at certain issues, this wasn't one of them. All nine of us want to make sure everyone that wants to vote gets a chance, he said. The Board of Elections work very hard with early voting, the hours they put in to get poll workers to be there. It's not easy. We are looking into it and trying to make sure it doesn't happen again, but it's not for lack of effort or anybody trying to take away someone's vote. As previously reported in the Democrat, legislators are considering a research and development operation with Yonkers-based Use Energy possibly leasing space at the county landfill. The county would provide up to 20 tons a day of solid waste to use for use in its R&D operation, which would be about a $6 million investment by the clean tech company. Use would use steam autoclaving technology to turn waste into biofiber, and the project would need the green light from the State Department of Environmental Conservation before it could move forward. There has also been talk, if the pilot program is successful, of a larger operation at the county landfill. This comes as the county contemplates their next steps with the slated closure of Seneca Meadows Landfill, where it sends a large percentage of its waste in 2025. The conversation continued Thursday when Use Energy gave a second presentation to the legislature, this time led by Chief Executive Officer Dan McSpeeden, who was joined by Bill Ortz of the U.S. Department of Agriculture. Legislative Chairman Rob Doherty asked Ortz, since the USDA has researched this process for 15 years, if he approved of it. Yes, said Ortz, we're trying to divert from a landfill. Methane is a really bad greenhouse gas. Use officials had previously stated that methane, which is 84 times more potent than carbon dioxide, is emitted into the atmosphere as garbage decays at landfills. According to Use Energy, their complete plant operations carbon dioxide equivalent, hazardous air pollutant and particulate matter emissions, are lower than both the DEC and federal Title V air permit thresholds. McSpeeden also said within their system, using carbon filtration and reverse osmosis, up to 99% of PFAS or forever chemicals are eliminated from effluent. During Use's first presentation to the legislature, several members of the public were critical of the proposed R&D facility, citing pushback the company has received from other communities in the state where they've proposed similar projects. New York State Assemblywoman Aileen Gunther, who attended the meeting, asked Use officials what the reaction was in the other counties they presented to. Every county is super interested in the solution, said McSpeeden, but they don't want to be first. So who wants to be the pioneer? Right now, we're developing projects in about seven different states. Once again, a large contingent from the public spoke in opposition of use. Wes Gillingham, Associate Director of Catskill Mountain Keeper, challenged McSpeeden's answer to the Assemblywoman's question, believing the problem lies in a lack of information, calling a lot of what use was saying as, quote, misleading. Furthermore, Gillingham claimed that the DEC has continually asked Use Energy for more information and the company has yet to submit an environmental impact statement for their proposed project in Roxbury, Delaware County. To more appropriately answer Assemblywoman Gunther's question, the issue of PFAS, it really comes down to the simple fact that nobody wanted to be the first guinea pig in a failed experiment because they didn't have all the information, he said. Hurleyville resident Ann Finneran said she appreciated Use Energy's motivation for trying to do a, quote, green thing. However, she's not in favor of them getting their, quote, foot in the door in Sullivan County with the R&D operation. Rockland County didn't want them. For whatever reason, Roxbury and Prattsville, many of their citizens do not want them, she said, as she raised a sign shaped like a lollipop. You're looking for a pioneer? I'm asking if Sullivan County is going to be the sucker. Legislators have yet to act on the resolution regarding the proposed R&D facility, but Doherty said it, as well as the discussion that followed, was just the start of the conversation. More info on the Use Energy project that is being proposed can be found on the legislature page of the county's website.
The Liberty Central School District could face potential penalties, including loss of state aid and removal of school officers due to their mascot name, the Indians. The New York State Education Department Senior Deputy Commissioner James Baldwin released a statement on November 17th addressing all schools in the state with one message. The Statewide Dignity for All Students Act now prohibits the use of discriminatory school mascots, including imagery or symbolism portraying Native Americans. Baldwin said that a school district will be in willful violation of the Dignity Act should they fail to affirmatively commit to replacing their Native American team names, logos, and imagery by the end of the 2022-23 school year. The State Education Department has had a history of opposing the use of such Native American imagery as mascots, team names, or logos dating back at least two decades. When contacted for a statement on their plan moving forward, the Democrat received the following statement from the Liberty Central School District. Liberty Central School District is reviewing the mandate from the State Education Department banning the use of Native American imagery and mascots by schools. In the coming weeks, we will look at what options are available to us to comply with this mandate, and we will communicate our plans as they are formulated. It is currently undetermined exactly how much money it would cost Liberty to completely alter their current Indians mascot logos, jerseys, murals, artwork, or any other imagery that is associated with Native Americans. A number of school districts throughout New York State have conformed with the new rules, while some in the past have essentially chosen to retain the original mascots, names, and logos. However, with the implementation of the Dignity Act, there are steep penalties should schools choose the latter option. And finally, according to preliminary data released by New York State Department of Labor for October 2022, Sullivan County's private employment sector job growth grew fastest year-over-year, up 7.3%. The county boasted 1,000 new jobs in the leisure and hospitality sector since last October. As far as unemployment rate, the New York State Department of Labor reports Sullivan County's is 2.4%. Rockland County has the lowest unemployment rate in the region currently at 2.1%. That does it for this edition of the Sullivan County Democrat Podcast brought to you by the Kitchen Table Cafe in Calicoon, New York. We hope everyone had a wonderful Thanksgiving with their family, and we'll catch up with you again next week with the latest headlines.